This is the Variety Sports Network created for the fans, by the fans. Now to your host, it's a night show. And welcome to the first edition, the first episode here of the Double Double Podcast. Uh, we, uh, I thought we'd be better. Doug is my co-host. I'm Darren. I said right away, we can't go Double D. That's just not a way we want to do it on a late night pod. So I feel like Double Double is the way to go there with it, Doug. <laughs> with it. So I'm glad we're going to be with you all NBA season long here on Variety Sports Network. My man Doug out in Cleveland, he loves his NBA, his ball out there. Obviously, if you know me from Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports as well, I love my basketball out here on the West Coast. So we're probably going to give you two different perspectives here, uh, looking at the game a little bit. So we'll be uh, it'll be fun to kind of see how this progresses, Doug, as the season moves forward. Um, and we got a lot to get into on this episode as we'll kind of preview the NBA season. I got a lot of different topics for us to go go over. I know you got a few as well, but let's be let's kind of like uh, let's kind of first start out with uh wh- who are you a little bit and what are you looking yeah. forward to with the nba season here and like you said first episode of double double pod here so what do you think we're bringing to the table here uh darren first off gotta come out and say it right away um i've told a lot of people this i think you're one of the best setup guys that we have at variety sports i'm super ex- super excited to be working with you this basketball season i've honestly i've been looking forward to it for uh we started we decided probably two months ago that we were going to do this I've been excited ever since to work with you. Um, love watching your shows. Uh, obviously, I'm from Ohio. Big Cavs fan. I've watched basketball forever. Um, that is my son watching on YouTube right now. Shout out to him. Thank you, Bronson, for uh, watching us. Um, but like I said, Darren, big fan. Cleveland Cavaliers basketball. Really just the NBA in general. Um, Got to say, I'm going to be watching the Pacers a little bit more closely this year now that Obi Toppin's been moved over from New York, <laughs> got to support my Dayton Flyers guys. So yeah. we'll be, we'll have an, uh, a watchful eye on the Pacers this year. Very excited for that. Uh, but great. overall, you know, Darren, I'm ready to go, man. I'm pumped. I cannot wait to talk poorly about the Wizards or the Warriors this year. It, it's going to be like clockwork for me. Well, and I can't wait to get my one of my co-hosts on here, Tyler Wiki Up Elite here, coming in to t- bail me out with some Warriors talk here oh, once in a while. And obviously, maybe for me and him to get pissed at each other over Warriors talk as well as the season goes on. So appreciate you guys tuning into the first episode here of the Double Double Podcast. Doug, I have the same uh, sentiments for you, sir. So I look forward to this podcast. I, I recognize hard work when I see it, and I respect it. So uh, with that, I think we, it's time for us to get into the episode here talk a little b-ball that's what we're here for initial thoughts for sir here of the 2023-24 season a lot that went on in the off season we'll get into all that but just bing right away first thought that comes to mind what are you kind of looking forward to i i feel like this is jason tatum's season i think this is his right. year i think this is the time hey i'm the best small forward in the league i'm going to show it all season i think in my opinion i'm starting off hot here Jason Tatum wins the MVP this season. I think he I think he's got no excuses with the teammates around him. Boston, we will talk about that more a little bit later. Give yeah. me Jason Tatum for MVP this season right off the bat. I'm thinking that right away. Let me spin that back to you though, Darren. Who is your MVP pick? Oh, I was kind of thinking about that going into the going into this a little bit. I feel like I have a little reservation to change here right before the season, but I I did say as of right now I feel like I feel like for me I'm still going with the Joker. I feel like I still feel like he's gonna have another. I, I, I don't know. There's something about me when you win the first one. 
I know there's voter fatigue, but I don't think there's that yet with him. So I don't sense that with the him yet. So that's kind of where I'm at with him with like the voter fatigue part of it. Yeah. So I think he still is going to be the MVP favorite. That that's kind of gives you maybe a little hint to where I'm going there later. If I had to go second with it a little bit, the guy with me is going to be Giannis with Giannis again. I think he because sure. he's had that that like kind of anti-voter fatigue. So I feel like he's coming back with it now at this point where he's going to be a little bit a little bit better with it. Um, if I can kind of keep going with on your kind of theme there with what I'm looking forward what I'm looking forward to a little bit with on kind of the MVP season a little bit is are the champs here. You know, are the are they are they here again for another? Do you believe in the Denver Nuggets? Should they be the favorite right now? According to Vegas, they have them and Phoenix kind of have the best odds in the West at five fifty. Overall, Doug, the Celtics and the Bucks have the best odds at three fifty. But going into the 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 season, obviously, still Vegas sees them as the favorite. I, it's kind of a weird thing because when a team wins the first year, you're kind of like. Oh, I got to see them repeat again before it is real. And I felt that member as a Warriors fan in 2015 was like, oh, Irving got hurt. We suck. And then we win the first 25 to start the year. So I kind of know that feeling. And I feel like as the Nuggets, that's kind of the way the NBA fans around the league look at it. What are your, what's your kind of thoughts on that? Um, for me, I think you got it. I think the champs should be the favorites coming into the season. I'm more of a um, readjust probably right around the all-star break to to really get an accurate representation of who I think could be the champs yeah. going into the year. I do believe the champs should be the favorites, but it's hard for me to say the Celtics aren't right there neck and neck. I think that starting five is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous That's how good funny. that starting five is. Obviously depth is their question mark, Yeah, but there's not a better starting five in the league right now than the Celtics in my opinion. So to me, I got the Nuggets first. I got the Celtics at two, and then we can have a conversation from there. Um, do so, you think, so technically, I mean, you do believe in them as the favorite? Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. If if we had a Celtics Nuggets finals, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think. What do you make of Phoenix being right there tied with them? I feel like that's a little short. I feel like that's a little short. I feel like that's a little early. It. I know see, they have the three studs, but man, they have nobody. Else. <laughs> We've got to see three good scores together like that, and we've got to see how they can work together. I believe, I believe in, I believe in Kevin Durant's ability to play with other stars. We've seen it; you've seen it firsthand, very closely. Um, Devin Booker, his game is really, really perfect for. He can adapt really, really well. To me, Devin Booker is the most complete shooting guard in the league. And then, obviously, Bradley Beal. We've seen him be really good on bad teams. But we know sure. that this we know he can he can get you a very efficient 30 points a game. You know, 45 percent on thir for 30 points is very efficient, in my opinion. Um, those three guys are are very talented players, but the defense is going to be an issue. And I don't like Nurkic as their center. I don't love that move for them um, in terms of defense. I think he's I think he's a liability and they've already got question marks of defense. <laughs> I, I, in uh, that series left a bad taste in my mouth. I know Beal gives you a that difference, but like you said, Beal has injury history too. It's not like he's like sure. this guy out here where you're like, all right, he's proven that he's a guy in the offseason. I understand he'll be highly motivated. I get all that. Tyler commenting here with Porzingis will be the X factor. It no doubt for the Celtics. He would definitely yeah, be yeah. the X factor. I, I did not like that move. I'm just not, I'm not a big Porzingis guy. Like, I, I, I thought he was going to be good initially. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, those first couple of years, if I get great, but then as time plays out, 
it's hard not to say injury history plays a factor with this guy. Mm-hmm. So I feel like his availability come playoffs will be a big concern. That's just how I feel with it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. So for me, like that's what it comes down to. I, I think he can shoot the ball still from three. I still question some defensive things with him. He'll probably be a lot better though with Boston there because he has the perimeter defenders to help him. But right. um, it'll be very interesting. The injury thing is really just the main thing with him yeah. for me. I mean, that's the problem with um, a guy who is as talented as he is. You're literally a, a, a bad ankle roll away from him being gone for half the year. And yeah. like it's, I think he's a, I think he's really good. I think he's an underrated shot blocker. I think he does really well protecting the basket. And now that he has guys like Tatum and Brown who are very good wing defenders, I think we're going to get to see. I think we're going to get the best version of Porzingis in Boston. That's I'm ban- I, I am banking on something that we don't have solid foundation for. But with Tatum and Brown, he should have he should be stress free. I mean, he should he just should be able be. to play free and be able to do all the things that we always thought he could do. And Gallinari's back. Like I mean, like or like, you know, I mean, like those things help a little bit. Too. Well, they traded him to the or they, they traded, traded him to the Wizards. Right. Yeah, they're right. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I was thinking but, for a second. I was like, but sorry about that. Yeah, no, you're but, right. They did have him, but they have Williams. You know, they still have some like factors there with it. But when too. we get to offseason acquisitions, I mean, do you do you who, is let's there a better? It. Let's go to it right now. I got it. Okay, right dialed up. Go ahead. Let's talk to Boston's acquisitions right now. Is there a better three defenders on the wing right now than Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum? No. Size, length, tough. Now, we, we can talk about, you know, the clutch and everything that Boston's kind of struggled with when they get to that, that point. But that's three really strong wing defenders right off the bat. I got to be honest with you. I thought Brown took a step back last year on the defensive end. And I thought Tatum – I think I feel, I feel like they're – for I, they as a team took a step back. Definitely. And I feel like it's going to start with them again on the defensive end, especially Brown, just because Tatum, I feel like, should take a little bit more of the offensive load a little bit. So I feel like Brown's the next guy, but he got way worse defensively. Not saying he's a bum, yeah. but he wasn't the same all-defensive player he was the year before. Um, I don't know what the issue was with it there. You know, maybe he should be fine now. He, you know, he's got the money. So I don't know. I just feel like – I feel like you're right. They should They should have the potential – but based on That's last year, right but based on last year, I can't quite go there with them at like I don't know. I feel like they you're right. They have the highest ceiling, no doubt. I just I That's, still Tatum's defense to me is always the what if. And like because if he can raise it to the next level, then we have like a Kawhi type star on our hand. Yeah, that's a that's um for me, I think that's a great word they used was potentially. I'm looking at it as their potential comes to fruition, and those three guys are really hard to beat with their length and their ability to to defend if they're locked in. Like you said, last year they did take a step back. Um, let me rank you my teams for offseason acquisitions, and then we'll, we'll go further into player by player. Um, also, I wanted to slide in there before my initial thoughts. Before they changed the voting rules on All-NBA, I had I had Anthony Edwards' first team All-NBA at shooting guard. I thought he, I think he's gonna have a massive season, but we can talk about that a little bit more later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get into that. Uh, I'm I'm gonna st- I'm gonna ride with the Celtics. I'm really high on what they did. Chris Stops and Drew Holiday. I think that's massive, massive. Bucks getting Dame is my number two. Um, the Suns at three. Beal Nurkic on offense. I think could could help them. And I think the addition of one Juan Tombi as a three point shooter 
helps space the floor, gives some of those guys a little extra space when he's on the game in the on the game um, in the game. I'm going to go out with a dark horse for you. All right. I want your I want I want to see your reaction right when I say this one. I think Portland had a good offseason. Portland <laughs> had a strong offseason. DeAndre Ayton is a good center. He now he him and the Suns fell out of love, and that's where I think some of that struggled. Malcolm Brogdon, you're bringing in the sixth man of the year. He's going to help with some of that the veteran leadership with the guards. I'm going to I'm going to count Scoot Henderson as an acquisition. Yeah, he's he's going to be dynamic. And they they got Rob Williams in the Malcolm Brogdon trade as another yeah. as their backup center now. That's a that's a nice center backup center combination with some other talented young guys that we have to see develop. And then I think the Lakers, they added a lot of depth. Um, when you have LeBron and you have AD um, and you add the depth they added, I think that's a, I think that's an upgrade for them also. So I had them at five. Now tell me, now we can go, we can break it down further from there. Go ahead. No, I think that's, I think that's a fair list. I think the Blazers one's interesting. It, it, it was a dark, the, it was more of a dark horse. Only from the standpoint, uh, yeah, Aiton obviously is the biggest wild card in that trade that they made. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously there's maybe like a ceiling where he gets to where I guess the Suns like go. Yeah, Tyler, I got the same set of it as you. <laughs> F the Lakers on it. It's kind of like it, the Lakers one was kind of an interesting one. Like, you know, the Vanderbilt, you know, the one was got that was a big signing. They resigned him to that deal. Mm-hmm. Um I think Bruce, they got Reeves at a great deal too, though. They got Reeves at a good deal. Bruce, I feel like it's can Reeves make the jump and Bruce yeah. Brown do what he did with the Nuggets for the Lakers? That's kind of where I feel like that's probably what you're predicting there with them on, on some of those things. I agree, Celtics, Bucks. Um, the Celtics, I think, get the edge a little bit because they just made more acquisitions a little right. bit in that regard. The Suns, to me, again, then they got the next best player. So I think you're, I think that's right on with with that list. I think there's some fun ones too. Would be the Warriors and Wizards, just from a standpoint that they made trades with each other. So those are some acquisitions. They're Dallas. Uh, would be a team I would I would put on that list as well as a team that maybe would well, and they, I, go ahead. They added Seth Seth Curry, Dallas added Seth Curry, and they added um uh John Collins. I think those are solid moves. Um or not John Collins, I'm sorry. Uh, they added um oh crap, I'm drawing a prank. Seth Curry and they added another guy I thought that were very solid um acquisitions, but I don't think that was made them a top five team in the off season for me, no. but I do think Dallas did well in the off season. Um, uh, Williams from the Celtics. Sorry. Uh, Grant yeah. Williams. Sorry. Yeah. Grant Williams always a, uh, an interesting player around the league as he's, well. He's very uh, hit or miss. Very hit or miss. Very hit or miss player. Um, so there's some fun ones there with it. The, the Paul to the, uh, Paul to the Warriors. We'll, we'll, we didn't bring up that one. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Let's talk about it right now. I want to, I'm ready. So what are I your think, thoughts on the small ball lineup? I want to hear it right now. So for the Warriors standpoint, if we do a Paul DeLores, I don't think they should start Paul. I think they should bring him off the bench. That's what I, I think they'll, they should do. But maybe I'll be proven wrong. The reason I the reason is, is like I just think to the playoffs. And it, the, to me, that lineup's just not going to be sustainable to win a championship Like if you start it. And Paul, to me, is kind of like how we're talking about Porzingis, basically, at this point. I don't know. I really question if he'll be healthy at the end of the season. Like, I, I really do. And I just don't like Paul, so it's going to be interesting for me rooting for him as a Warriors fan as well a little bit. But um, I do think that Thompson – I do think the small ball lineup will give teams trouble in the regular season. There's no doubt about it. Like, when you have Paul and Curry out there, like, you're going to have moments where they're just going to look unstoppable because both these guys are high IQ players. And then you had Dre by it. You you got – you have so many high high IQ players. You have moments of looking dominant. 
my point is, is as the season progresses, injuries play out, we get to the playoff. Is this going to be, are we going to be able to sustain that small ball lineup? Like we got away with two years ago. I've always said, I think we just didn't, we kind of had the right matchups along the way. I'm not hating on my team. It's just, we beat who was in front of us, but we got Dallas in the conference finals. And then we got Boston who was just a decent matchup with Horford as the center there. So like we had like, Looney was able to dominate and like, it's a little bit tougher. If you get a Jokic, you get a Davis, you get a, uh, on the, you know, you get Giannis. It's like, you're, it's going to be a little harder for the Warriors because the defense really has to like then suffer inside. So I think ultimately the small ball lineup will be fine from the regular season. I think Doug, they end up with 50 plus wins. I think that's a, a thing. I think they probably get in the top four this year. I do. I think they're highly motivated this year to finish in the top four and get home, home court. But I do have questions as we move forward longer in the season, especially. Um, let me ask you one more about the Warriors. Um, what are your thoughts on Curry playing the season as at shooting guard? Are you interested in seeing that happen if they do end up going with Chris Paul as the point guard? I mean, he's done it most of his career. I mean, he's 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 kind of an off ball guard anyway. Yeah. Obviously, he has all the skills to be the point guard, but him, I, I I'm interested in seeing him worry about just shooting and scoring and not having to worry about you know doing any initiating. I think that would be an interesting thing for him. Um, to do a, as a full season. Yeah, I think the nice thing for the Warriors is like I feel like he can honestly. I really just just watch him. So I don't think that will be a factor with him playing with him. What no, I'm more I'm what I'm more interested to see on that angle though, what you're kind of saying is how do the Warriors win now that they've never really had a true point guard as a backup yeah. with them. So like that part that part of the game where he, when he comes out, you actually have somebody that can kind of lead the team like a little differently than like you're anybody they've ever had before. Like Iguodala, right. I guess, did it as a small forward. But I do think there's going to be moments that they play very well together, especially on offense. And I would expect a lot of zone on defense in certain games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, so, obviously, Draymond plays a lot of point forward. Yeah. And he that opens up a lot for Curry, too. I'm just, I just think there's going to be a lot of options that Paul can help bring to them, you know, that – you guys have really struggled when Curry's been off the floor for a good reason, obviously. Um, yeah. But maybe Paul can, you know, spell that a little bit more and Curry stay fresh longer. But that's, you know, we're obviously going to see that play out over the year. And Tyler, they have an adult now and not a kid who just wants to check. The big thing is, can he make Kaminga better too? Like Kaminga really needs to take a jump this year. Like it's I honestly Kaminga. feel like he's the player that would like, for me, let's just say I'm watching in the first 10 games, 20 games, and I'm like, wow, this guy takes a, took a massive jump. Doug. Then I'm thinking, okay, we maybe now are looking at our team a lot differently. Let's just put it that way. like, Because he has he's an athletic freak. So if you add skill to that, he changes the game. So he can Paul kind of get that out of him in the second unit? That was a little tough for the Warriors last year when they had shooting guards running the second unit, like Jordan Poole. Like, I like Poole, but Poole's a scorer. So, you yeah. know what I mean? So that's that's just what's going to happen with it. So um, that will be a big thing, I think, is can he get Kaminga to the next level? That's what I'm looking for as a Warriors fan there. Yeah, that, that second unit should be fun to watch, um, you know, see see what Paul can do with some of those guys that are talented, but we haven't got to see them on that level. Um, um, yeah. Can we real quick before we move on to my next one? Uh, we we got to probably at least mention Lillard to the Bucks. Probably a pretty big move. So that, I mean, went that, that goes there. I think that's a. I think that is a game changer for the Bucks come playoff time. Um, is that is that your top duo in the league right now? I I don't want to. I honestly, for me, I'm still gonna 
be a little bit of a homer here and say Korea Tops is the best duo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nah, I mean, I, I get honestly, it, but... I'm gonna go with you. I honestly think Murray and Jokic are on a different level. I think they're on that same level now because Jokic is so good and he reads Murray so good. Like I, don't, I just feel like they're they they are a pretty deadly combo when they do handoffs. And Murray is the perfect. He's the perfect two to Jokic's. Everything Jokic does, Murray's perfect to do. Yeah, he just Murray's kind of got free spirit shooter off handoffs, and he like you know what I mean. Like Jokic is so willing to ask. It's like I don't know. Like that's a pretty unstoppable. I know I can't go Davis and LeBron. I know that's one that people would now. I mean, as as good as those guys are, but it's just not the same. I just think that Lillard is going to take so much pressure off of Giannis to do every single thing uh, in crunch time and things like that. That it's really going to help them long term especially in the playoffs when Dame, he's just, he's got, you know, he's been on some bad Portland teams that he's taken um, deeper in the playoffs. I think with Giannis, it's going to be really interesting to see how those guys work together. I'm very excited to see that duo. It's, it's on that that rivalry that I'll get into that. That's one that is going to be exciting to watch uh, later in the season here, kind of play out. I feel like the NBA too, kind of like it takes a little while, you know, can you really get to get those rivalries field out a little bit? Mm -hmm. So we'll kind of see how that plays out. Hey, real quick here. What was what's our most underrated uh, player acquisition that maybe you have? Is there some guy that kind of stands out to you? I I think I right now I I kind of think it's Marcus Smart for the Grizzlies. I think that he's kind of looking at a little bit of I, I think he'll make a bigger bigger impact on the Grizzlies than people are thinking. I think it's partially because the Grizzlies kind of just fell out of favor last year with the whole Moran thing. But I think there yeah. is a world. I think there is a world where they get him back in twenty five games. It's like a little momentum as the season kind of picks up a little bit and then you have Marcus Smart that has a chance to kind of add some leadership and for all his flaws when you get traded to a new team you get a little grace with some of those flaws as well and I feel like there's a chance for him to be one of the more underrated pickups here uh the GMs also vote they voted Grant Williams in Dallas one of the bigger pickups as well so as you yeah. kind of mentioned there too so and your boy Max Strauss in Cleveland so they had him as one of the more underrated pickups as well there <laughs> the GM I thought was we did, funny. we we, we, we the Cavs have missed shooting consistent shooting so much. It's, it's, it's gotta be a, it's gotta be an upgrade over what, um, I don't know. John Collins isn't probably underrated, but I think John Collins to Utah is a really good acquisition because Lori Markinen is a player and that guy is legit. You give him a running mate. I think that's going to be, I think they're going to play pretty well together. John I like Collins. John Collins game. Wanted I like to be him away from for 50 years on that team, right? 50 years it took him to get traded for that team. <laughs> He just him and Trey Young just couldn't figure it out. I think yeah. when Utah there's more freedom where he's not going to have to worry about the guy having the ball the whole game. Give me John Collins. Um, I know that's he's not call. underrated, but no, that's a I, good call. I, I he's a, he's a, I didn't I didn't know if you were looking for maybe a player. I mean he he flirted with you know all star votes, so it, I didn't know if that's what you were looking for. No, that no, that's a good call there. Actually, Collins is a good call there. Um, like I said, I have Smart there with it. I think mm-hmm. he. Some Dylan Brooks got some votes. I'm not a big fan of that one uh, as that kind of enters into it. Hey, as we kind of get going on here through it, the second quarter of the pod here, best best NBA rivalries heading into the season. I wrote down a few here. We got Bucks, Celtics, Lakers, Nuggets, Heat, Celtics, Suns, Mavs, Warriors, Grizzlies. I kind of threw out as a few. Is there another yeah. one that you kind of that kind of stands out to you that you're kind of looking forward to come season? Uh, I know Lakers, Nuggets have a little buildup because of the championship parade a little yeah. bit, but maybe there's something else that you're that you got on your mind with it. Let me ask you a question about the Lakers and the Nuggets rivalry. All right. Is it 
is the it's it's more of a rivalry with Mike Malone than the players. Like, like the Lakers <laughs> hate Mike Malone more than they do the actual players. So, what are your thoughts on on how, on how Mike Malone's handled this? I think it's kind of funny in the trolling level. I think it's interesting, but it's not really the Nuggets players that are doing it. It's the coach. <laughs> Hey man, when you get liquid courage in you, you'll say some dumb stuff. Yeah, and that's what that's what that's, that's what it is. That's what happened on the championship parade. You got a a little few too many, right? Got a little a little a little a little buzz there on the train. There had a had a couple. You know, Denver it's cold there. Maybe it's summer. It shouldn't have been that cold, but he got yeah. got a little excited there with it. And I feel like I feel like he just went a little over the top with it. But when you're the champ, that's the fun part. Yeah. That's the hey, fun part. I, so I like I'm not it. gonna hate, I'm not gonna hate him for that one. A little bit of Spurs Thunder. It's not a bad little young rivalry one, I guess, but I'll consider it a rivalry. I consider that maybe a fun little matchup, though, this summer. Spurs Thunder might not be bad. He's got a guy because isn't Shea Alexander a point guard to you? Or is he shooting? Uh, the offense they run is they run their offense through Giddy, though. So, like, I don't know. I, I would say he's like a hybrid. A combo guard isn't a combo guard isn't like a isn't like a like a, a negative like he's a combo no. guard so yeah I mean he's a shooting guard I would say so like, Tyler you get the win there Doug voted you shooting I mean, guard on that one he got he got you but explain to me why you think he's more of a point guard than a shooting guard because to me it seems like he has the ball in his hand a lot That's what, yeah uh, but I I think I think any good shooting guard has the ball a lot. Well, like Harden, I don't consider him a, a shooting guard in my head, mind. I just I feel like dribble, dribble, dribble. You're a point guard most of the time, so that that's how my head looks at it, I, I guess. But I hear your guy's point. I know where the league's going with it, so I'm not going to make a big deal of it. But it, so it, it's a small little technicality. If, if this was 2K, his first his first position would be shooting guard. His second position, his secondary position, would be point guard. Is that what like they have on listed as? I mean, I'm just I'm I got a lot. I. I'm, yeah. I was telling my son that I was like, hey, I start playing more in NBA this year. It helps me with some of the uh, some yeah, of the the guys. Yeah. He used to always tell me when me and Tyler would do franchise modes all the time for NBA, and then you yeah. do like the thirty-year thing, and you end up with guys exactly. you don't even know, and uh, that you drafted, you build them up and stuff. But like, I was like, man, that helps me. That helped me remember like the eleventh man on Orlando. <laughs> I know. Okay. I like, I like to remember the roster because of all that stuff. <laughs> since since we're talking about two K, um, do you remember Perry Jones the third? From yes. Baylor in 2K, he was in like a draft class you could download. He was insane in the draft class. So, in my head, he's I like, I, I watched him a little bit of Baylor, he was all right, but I was like, yeah, Perry Jones yeah. is gonna be so good. And then he came to the league, nothing. It nothing. Was just, he was my he was a guy that I missed on for sure because I always liked his game. He had like I'll a nice mid range game and stuff. Yep, I'll go guy a little farther than that, but same kind of skill set a little bit. Tyus, Tyrus, uh. What's his name? Tyrus Thomas, I think it was, or Ty- from something from, LS- from LSU. Yeah, uh, I like Tyrus name? Thomas' game yeah, too. I, I thought he was going to be a stud too. He was kind of like same kind of thing. Did that LSU team go to the Sweet Sixteen or something? They went to the Final Four. That they went to the Final Four that With year. Big Baby Davis, yeah. Then they lost. Him? Oh yeah, they did. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, they went all the way to the Final Four. Those were I, the days. I want to say maybe they lost to Michigan. I want to say Michigan State, but I'm, I can't can't but put my money on that one. Um, yeah. The other, the one that I, the Heat Celtics ones is always an interesting one to me too. I don't know if it's even a right. I, I so yet interesting one. The Heat just it, they always play tight games. It's always if they play in the playoffs, you know it's going seven. I guess. <laughs> I I can the Celtics get over that hump though? Like it seems like the Heat's got their number for some reason after what happened. Playoff Jimmy. Uh, that guy's a different animal. 
Well, yeah, I know people are, there. People, people are upset. He wears at the things there. You get... <laughs> he yeah. <laughs> people were upset that he wasn't in the top 10 players. I'm like, you know, if we were judging it off of strictly playoffs, then sure. He's probably right in there. But I don't know if he, I don't know. I don't, I just don't know. You remember when you text you, you DM me about the player comparison thing. Yeah. And I was like, and yeah, I like how you were busting my balls about picking Warriors guys. And I was saying that I, I, I picked, I was like, I was like, well, Butler and DeRozan are a perfect one. Come regular, like I, me and Tyler have had this debate. Like, if you look at the regular season numbers, like that is what they are, DeRozan and Butler. But if you go to playoffs, it's just like that's what always blows them away. To where people are like, he's a top ten player. It's like, well, where's some? I guess it just doesn't matter in the NBA the regular season, right? I mean, that's kind of where it seems like it seems like it's yeah, it's becoming less and less important. Yeah. Um. All right, we're in the middle of the show here. Let me get to as I always like to do. Our question of the week here brought to you by our good sponsors here at Row One Brand. Use yes. that code VSP15 and you'll get 15%. Doug, can we get you a Warriors picture in the back is there? This, I can a Warriors one in the back. Is this a loaded question? Is this meant to be loaded by you? Is it is this, meant to be. It, are we starting yeah. episode one with loaded questions? I am starting out with a loaded question here right away with it. I thought it was an interesting one. Like yeah. I said, I went through all the GM kind of survey stuff that I kind of saw. And I thought this was kind of a funny one that they had as well as like who had the most, the biggest home field advantage. But I thought, Hey, let me get, let me get what, what you think, who has the biggest home field advantage uh, or home court advantage as I get on my baseball talk there. Who do you got for, uh, who do you got for best home court advantage here in the NBA? It's probably the Warriors. I mean, it, 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 it it is, but I think, I think it's more interesting. It doesn't have to be the Warriors. I mean, they're not in Oakland anymore for me. That was a home court advantage. That Oakland. was number They're one in San sure. Francisco. For me, I'm an Oakley guy. To me, it's a little different. And I know people out here in the Bay Area don't recognize the two, but it, that, it's a big deal. So for oh. me, like, it's a little bit of a difference. It's like we got okay. a little richer. Yeah. I can't two games then? anymore, Doug. They price oh, me yeah. out, man. They price get, me hey, out. It, it, I cannot imagine the price of living out there for you guys. That's got to be insane. <laughs> but let me go with the team that you guys beat. And Sacramento Kings, I think that home court is really awesome it's too. Tall. It didn't help them in the first round to beat you guys, but I thought it was very impressed with that crowd. Those were great crowds, man. Doug, so behind me, I have all these tickets of like games I go to and stuff yeah. over the years. And like, it's so funny you say that because we're talking about the Kings too, and like, and the price. Yeah, I go to the I go to Warriors games every year with my wife on my anniversary. Our anniversary is in January if we go. And then, like five years ago, six years ago, we're like, oh, we just start going to Kings games. So we like now go to Kings games in January for my for that just because of that. So and their home court oh, is good. I like their yeah. new arena, man. It's nice. I actually went there for the college basketball tournament too. Oh yeah, there you go. Too. It's it's a pretty sick stadium, and their crowd lighting the beam. They got into it. It was a tough crowd this year. Yeah, they gave the Warriors I, all they could have. Um, who's your pick besides the besides the Warriors? Warriors in there. I I think the Nuggets still have the big. I mean, the the, the just oh, them in Utah. I feel like them alone, alone, just with like the the elevation too. And yeah. I, I think Utah is an underrated home court advantage in the league. I think that's a big one. That's I think that goes a little bit uh, under underestimated with it is the Jazz. I, another one that I'm just gonna throw out there. I think it just has a. I think the I think if they were ever good, I think it would be the greatest home court advantage. I don't even think it'd be close. It's the closest thing to me that Oracle could get to. It's it would be the Knicks if they just ever could be good. Like it's so organic there. I feel like to still that old stadium, like they're yeah. so sucky. You would have this like organic feel 
every possession would matter. Every crossover would be oohed. I just feel like that's – you get that. I love that. That's the basketball. That's what I miss about the Oakland side of it. But, like, for me, that, that I don't know. I just get this real authentic feel when I get their games. Even Boston – they're they're a, they're loud, Doug, but like I don't know, there's something about that Knicks crowd to me that's a little different. Um, I think I think the MSG allure also plays a factor in that. Oh, absolutely. There's, you know, there's so much history, and I got to tell you, man, in the playoffs when we were playing the Knicks, they're kicking our ass. That crowd was rocking. They are yeah. they are a good crowd. That is a good call because you know it may not have translated in that second round against the Heat because those games were just rock fights. But against the Cavs, when they were rocking and kicking our butts, yeah, they were a great crowd. I got to give them credit. I don't like them, but they great crowd. I think they have the most potential left in the league. Like I think mm-hmm. they have the best crowd potential left in. And the Pacers, I know if they're ever good, they can get a good crowd going too. But I think those are my those the next would be for me the the best one if they could get to it right now. Though I'd have to go the champs like with the with the Denver crowd there, and I'd have to go the. Uh, I think the Warriors do have a decent crowd, but. I don't know. There's just kind of one who has the worst worst record. That's a good. I think the Hawks are right up there. Charlotte definitely. Charlotte, I think, could maybe be a little better if they're giving. Like we're, it's kind of like feels like they're. Yeah. I don't know. They just kind of feel a little. It, it, uh, that's a good call. I think the Pelicans have a crap. I'm sorry, Da, my guy Damian Adams. Yeah. I feel like that crowd is as well at times. Like they don't even sell out for pre for like playoff games sometimes. I mean, what about the Supersonics? They haven't sold out a game in years. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cheap shot. Cheap shot <laughs> no, I think the, Thunder, the Thunder were looked upon as the best crowd in a lot forever. Remember, that's how they were looked upon. Well, yeah, but they also had a massive reason to be excited. That, that I mean, is probably what that's probably I do think it's probably Charlotte because at this point, who cares? Yeah, like they're just, they're just there. They got Lamelo, but that's about like I mean, you can be only so excited about that. Can I can I throw out a Brooklyn Nets to you? Is that a, is that is that is that that is, I mean you're an East Coast guy? Is that is that a, is that a fair criticism? I don't even know when they play. I don't even know when Brooklyn plays. That's how exactly. much I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Like I feel like those getting. Remember when they were in New Jersey? Say by <laughs> that's a bad one as well. So they weren't uh, good. They yeah they were a good crowd when they had Jason Kidd. Yeah, well, I, I don't even know if they sold out some of those games, to be honest with you. I remember back in the day. Um, all right, let me go news and notes here with it. Let's get into one of the stories here. I want to talk about. Harden says you cannot repair it. When you lose trust in someone, it's like a marriage, Doug. You lose trust in someone. You don't know what I mean. It says it's pretty simple. That's why he's out. What do you What do you kind of make of this whole such fiasco? Darren, let me spin this back on you. All right. When you play as poorly as Harden has played in the playoffs, does it not count that he's lost trust in Harden the other way? Because that's losing trust in somebody in a different way. I think Harden is one of the biggest drama queens that we've seen in the NBA in a long, long time. I think like he is right up there with somebody that I get it. He is a heck of a ball player, especially if you look at some of those games from 2015, probably on a little bit. He was pretty unreal there with the Rockets. But at some point, he kind of just got a little bit into himself a little bit where he does. I feel like he's. For NBA sake, not as in good a shape as he could be. That I'm just saying from an NBA star shape, I feel like that makes yeah. a difference. I feel like he's kind of gave up a little bit of that. And he's and the Rockets, I think, did him a disservice as a basketball player for him going forward, where they just made him all ISO all the time. And let's yeah. be honest, if you're playing with a guy like that, how is it hard? I mean, even if you're winning, but when you lose, it's like, well, yeah, we give this guy to this guy every time. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. Like to me, that's kind of I know they had that chance when Paul we got hurt. That was probably their. I know that that was a legit chance they had in that one year to beat the Warriors. But how many threes did they miss in a row? Huh? 
How many threes did they miss? I want to say it was like something like 26. I think, I think yeah. it was like 26 in a row. I think it was 26. One of the worst choke jobs ever. Yeah. Definitely out there. It was I'm bad. I just game for guy. No, I'm he's not. not. So do you think this change? Like, what do the Sixers do? This is a weird one because they have a great player in bead. You know, like, he, like, he mm-hmm. seems to like the town there. Right? You know what I mean? So, like, it, but you never know. Those things can change quickly as well. So, especially for superstars now in the NBA. That, that can change right. real quickly. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think if the, I think that the Sixers are smart. They would trade them. But I got to be honest, for the sake of for the sake of just the pride, I hope they don't. Like, I wish more teams would not give in to NBA players on their trade demands. I really do. And so, for me, I get why they would trade them, but I hope they don't do it. I mean, let's let's <laughs> use an example right here. Shout out to the strip clubs in Houston. They. Uh, James Harden, James Harden built homes in Houston based on his <laughs> based on his uh, his resume in the strip clubs. He built let me, homes in Houston. Let, let oh. me spin that back to you though. Um, Portland <laughs> held out. Portland didn't trade Dame right away and just gave him yeah. to Miami, and it worked. It worked for both parties. They got they got solid they got solid return, and Dame went to a legitimate title contender, which Miami would have been a title contender with Dame, but. You get to go play with Giannis. It worked out for both parties. It's possible to not just give in right away, and it worked. We just saw it happen. So I think who if gets Harden, him? I don't even know who Harden, he would be traded to. If Harden's patient and Maury's patient, maybe it can work out for both. It's possible, but could but like Harden needs to go somewhere where we can just have the ball and not worry about anything else. And that's not a lot of teams right now. I, I, that's exactly my question. It is like where is he going, Doug? Like I don't like see like. Who I mean, I guess I maybe middle of the season a team gets desperate and they that that's my only thing with them. Like right now to start a year, who wants to bring this guy off? I I, I wouldn't. And that wouldn't contract either. to start there and this the unknown of his health lately, and he hasn't been a playoff performer at all. I mean, this is not like a guy that ever performs in the playoffs outside of a couple of years there. Do you uh do you hold off until the NBA expands and then ship him off to the expansion team? Yeah, I guess you could do that. I'll just take him out of that. Vegas, send him to Vegas. Send him to Vegas. No, that would be oh Vegas. He'd get in real trouble out there. You gotta send him him to to Toronto or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like they got nightlife I hear out there. He'd probably like that. Uh, Toronto would be a good spot for him. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad spot. He'd get a little freedom with them. Uh, That that's the best spot I could think of him. That'd be funny if he went to like Indiana, like some weird (laughs) land. Just some random. Just yeah. some random like north like north team, but like has you no know, life whatsoever. That'd be great. You know see. how upset Tyrese Halliburton would be though. Like he's got oh, the team set it. where he wants it, and no, they just no, no, no. oh my god, that'd be no, terrible no, no. for him. And this is just more for social reasons. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, all right, NBA pushing one of my favorite topics every year. Uh, the mindset. All right, Joe Dumars comes out. We're really emphasizing this. The, 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 you know. The, probably the biggest thing is they're not up for awards. I forget. The, I think it's like 62 or something like that. 63. I think it's 63. Something like that there. So that's probably the biggest change. Right. That's probably going to be the most significant change because guys get paid more when they get to these awards as well, mm-hmm. which is the biggest, probably the biggest motivator to get to it. Uh, it does crack me up, though. We're emphasizing this. Like, it's not going to be anything. It really doesn't. Doesn't matter. Um, you know what's going like to happen? It's right. It doesn't get credit for playing, right? Yeah. I mean, here's. Here's the thing. You can still, what, sit out 19 games yeah. in this scenario? So I I got to my 63. Now I can rest. I, I You know, it's you just, 
you're still gonna plan around yes. how to get them to 63 games. It really pisses me off. Like honestly, this is something that's pissed me off for years. I know maybe the newer generations used to. I just I think it's the stupidest thing. I mean, you look at. I mean, I like I said, I did. I mean, there's certain things I get it. Where like I, I just. It, are you telling me people have gotten worse over time? Like I'm, I'm saying that like there's got to be some ability to play a little bit more. Like there's got it's got to be more than that. I mean, I mean, I get that there's a little there's a there's potentially what a few more playoff games than there was 30 years ago with the best of seven yeah. and the best of five. But we're not talking a thousand more games. We're not talking a whole lot more. We're talking maybe like five more. Um, I don't know. Like it's just it's one of those things that are just uh, yeah. I'm with you. Uh, I agree. I, I I would like to see the guys play a little bit more. Um, but you know, it's the injuries, it, injuries just seem to happen more though. Now to me, do they not to you? They definitely seem to happen more, but I all, and I also think part of it is like, this. I, I, I think they're playing at a faster pace. I think that's probably the biggest yeah. difference is they're, they're really playing at like an intense pace. There's way more possessions. There's a lot more going on in the game back. If you look at it in the eighties and night or nineties, especially the game was a lot slower than even early two thousand. So I think that's a big part of the any reason. I just thought it's funny. Like news and note here, we're emphasizing it. Like that's the you know what I mean. I'm like, yeah, all right, that let's really let me really see what when you tell me they have to play seventy four games, then I'll listen a little bit. Like that's that's something that I'll start to I'll start to maybe take a little bit more seriously when you're emphasizing that. Cause like you're at five five minutes, that that counts as a game, right? I feel like that does. I I don't. I mean, there's probably it's probably you know probably something some to qualify. It. But it like you said, it's you know there's still 19 games you can miss. Like oh, that's yeah. still a big chunk of games. It's a ton of games you can still miss. Yeah. Hey, other news to note here: Dylan Brooks hits that gets a 25k fine. Uh, he said, "I tried to navigate through a screen. I might have tapped him below the waist." He said tapped. He didn't say punch, Doug. He said give him a little Dude, tap, that, tap, tap. That was more forceful than a tap. <laughs> Let me get a little, little tap, 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 rude. You're good. Just give it, just give it a little tap, tap. Uh, like, I told, yeah, like, I, like I said on Twitter, if you're already hitting people in the dick in the preseason, we're going to have a long year oh, of fines. Yeah. We're going to have a suspension or something. It's the preseason. You don't need to fight around a screen that hard. There's no reason for that kind of action. In a regular game, but in the preseason, it's even more deplorable. Come on, dude! Like, please, like, come I on. Like how he's like, it's part of it's part. Of, I guess it's part of my reputation. So this will be something to see. Fascinating how it plays out during the year, because he got a big contract. Is this one the Rockets regret right away? You know, we'll see. Like, you know, maybe you know, you know, maybe it'll play out. He'll play a little better for them come regular season. Be a little smarter, but. I like the van. We didn't talk about you know, Fred Van Lee. I did like him going to the Rockets. I think that gives him. I think that was a good move for them. But uh, to go along with the with the picks they've made the last couple of years, but the Brooks one to me is I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's a weird one. I always compared him to John Starks a little bit, but it's just a weird one to me that that, that Brooks angle. Um, I gotta be honest. I like him as a player. I think his antics make him so unbearable, though, that it takes away from the good things he can do. Really does because. Because like, is he is he the defender that he makes himself out to be? No, but is he a solid wing defender? Yeah, um, I think he I think he puts such a target on his back that you realize he shoots he shoots more than he probably should. If he could tone that down, he's a he'd be a solid he's a solid fourth option, third or fourth option. I think there's good parts about his game, but he's done so much negative to his own image that we just we overlook it now because. 
He's such an asshole. He's just such a, he's such an asshole for no reason. And it's kind of like, hey, obviously being a Draymond guy a little bit, you can't, you know, there, there, it's hard not to see some of it with him, but uh, with it, like you kind of, you know, just like the, some of the dumb things he does, you're like, oh my gosh, what are we doing here with it? But um, I, it'll be, I just thought that was funny. It's a little news and note there. He gets fined already in the preseason there before the regular season even starts here. All right. If we get, as we kind of get towards the end of the show here a little bit, next week, we'll probably get into a little bit more predictions. Kind of, kind of, we kind of gave you a little sneak peek at some of them here, but we'll yeah. probably kind of lock that in next week a little bit, kind of get us kind of dialed in on that. Look at maybe the first week schedule and kind of get ourselves going with that. Um, cr- I, got, I got crunch time here for us here. Which teams, and, I'm, and I, these are these were specific GM questions, so I'll give you the answers that they have for it, but I just thought it'd be kind of fun to end it like this a little bit because they do this GM survey where they off, they say 50 questions, and, I mean, let's be real. Nobody cares what GMs say about who's winning the championship right. or something, but there, it, it is kind of a good, like, kind of indication of how the league sees it, right? Because these are the people that are involved in the, the darn thing, yeah. and they're making the teams up, so obviously they play a pretty important role. So which teams – level of success this season is the toughest to predict. That was one of the GM uh, surveys there uh, going into it. You got to have think, a feeling. I, I'm going to stay close to home. I think the Cavs are going to be tough to predict this year. We didn't, we did we got, we improved a little bit, but at the same time, there's a lot of um, back and forth with the Donovan Mitchell potentially going, wanting to leave, not sign any extension. Um, you know, is Evan Mobley going to take the next step? Is his jump shot going to come around? Um, I do think the Cavs are still probably, you know, the fourth or fifth best team in the East, but that's that's staying stagnant. That's not getting better. So I think their spot is kind of up for grabs. Um, so to me, I think that's not easy to predict. And I also think um, I got to, I, I think it's going to be tough to predict. Mm. Are you? I mean, I the the GMs voted the Sixers number one, obviously with the because Harden of the team. turmoil of Harden. The interesting one to me was they voted the Thunder number two at thirteen percent, or the uh, the Thunder and the Mavericks tied at thirteen percent for number two. I thought that was an interesting one that they thought that those were two of the most. Because think about it, Dallas didn't make the playoffs last year, and they have two they have two players that most people would consider probably top 25 talent-wise players in the league, right? Maybe even yeah. more for – maybe Irving would be higher for a lot of people there too. I'm just got to give it a little raw there, but that's a good one, interesting yeah, one. The Thunder sense. one is interesting one to me because Tyler brought it up. I know it's not a rival with the Spurs, but there is a point where like this – you got to win at some point, right, a little bit. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like they are at that point where you had SGA that had an all-star season. You talked about Giddy kind of feels like he's there a little bit. You had some. You have more solid draft picks. You, it feels like they should take a little bit of a step too, and then not necessarily playoffs, but a, I feel like a ten or nine seed's not out of the question for them. I I think with the talent they have, if SGA's like people like they said he's a top ten player in the league, I think he's got to be. Um, you know, I think he's got it. I think he's got to take him to the playoffs this year. If yeah. he's what they say they, he is, he's got to get to the playoffs, in my opinion. So I think that's a good one. I think OKC being tough to predict is a good one. But to me, they've got to be a playoff team or it's starting to get like yeah, this process is taking way too long. 
How about the how about a team that's real? I mean, they were supposed to take a step last year. This is the team for me, is the, the Pelicans. Like I I mean, I actually said they would not make the playoffs last year. I feel really good that I said that. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it was like they just the whole thing with them health-wise and just everything, you just don't know what's gonna happen with them every year. I like their players on their team. It's nothing like that. Yeah. I even like the coach a little bit too. I just don't I just I just don't trust that franchise to put it together yet. That's that's kind of a big one for me. So I feel like they have a tough season to predict. Just to give you a little other ones, uh, Doug here, the GMs also said the Suns. Clippers also got 10%. Some other teams receiving votes were the Warriors, Lakers, T-Wolves, and Raptors. Any team with Rudy Gilbert is tough to predict. That's just a, that's just a thing there if you're in that. <laughs> Anything with big Rudy. I know you have Edwards there, but, you know, that it's just yeah. kind of interesting. I think, that, I think that's what makes it think. Like, or, what guess, happens with the T-Wolves if they get out to a bad start too? I guess my question to you would be like, what are you worrying about with the Lakers in the regular season? Like the health, well, I guess. Well, and do they care enough sometimes? Like, I think you have to put that factor into them. Like there is that. And they, there is, like, I think they'll be fine, but I think they're like to say it's LeBron. I think the health is always a big thing, yeah. but like at some point is LeBron, is LeBron just Tom Brady? Is he going to 45? Is he going to be that stud the whole right. way through it? Davis, is he going to play like he did in the playoffs? I would say Doug, we're starting to get history. That's not going to happen. I would say we're starting to get moments here where he's not going to be. I think it's going to be like we saw a big thing. Is it going to be Austin Reeves? Is it going to be these guys that are going to help these guys, Vanderbilt, Bruce Brown, that are going to help them take a big step? I think there is a little. I think that's why they got ten percent of the vote, and it's the Lakers. So you're going to get a little bit of a little bit yeah. of a bias bias and then, in that regard. To me, the Suns aren't hard to predict. I think they've got enough talent in the regular season where they're going to be a top five seed at worst so to me that's not crazy difficult but i get i get they're not dude you don't if, like it dude you don't the like sun's it. owner the sun's owner is slapping you in the face right now top five we better be top three maybe with well, all those sure. no i'm just laughing because that's what the it's funny because you're right the owner probably looks at them and goes what right what i did i'm dishing out this we're not gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be yeah. a top two seed we're not gonna be that but we saw it versus the nuggets their depth was not going to – but in the NBA season, it plays out a long ways. So, obviously, mm-hmm. we'll kind of see where it gets to on that point. That's a good call with the Suns. I, I'm with you. I don't – I think that one's a little – kind of maybe a little – I just think that the, the uber-talented teams are yeah. not as hard to predict. Because in the regular season, talent just weighs out a lot of times. I kind of feel like a lot of that. Don't you feel like it's kind of like they're, they got to be thinking a little playoffs, too, with some of that stuff, too. The T-Wolves one, I do like, though. I do like that one. As yeah, yeah. They're a question mark. Yeah, That one, I definitely kind of think with it. Uh, Bruce Brown is a, uh, a pay- yes. I, you're right. He is. A you're talking player. about Gabe Vincent. Yes, that's who I'm thinking about. I keep thinking Bruce Brown. And I, I think it's because they played in the finals against each other. That's why I'm getting yeah. confused. Gabe Vincent, the shooter. Yeah, Bruce Brown is on the Pacers. Thank you, Tyler, for helping me out with that one. Um, yeah, Vincent. I think the, the he's a shooter, right? And that's what the right. Lakers. They always, I think the more you saw, the more shooters you get around LeBron, uh, the better it will be uh, with them moving forward. Um, all right. Other one I got is what one player who must take a leap in 2003, 2024. I feel like a big one. I'm going to go back to the Grizzlies on this one, but just because I feel like they're such a weird team is Jared Jackson. I just feel like, or Jaron Jackson. I feel like if he takes a massive leap that takes them to the next, because I feel like jaw could take a little a bit of a leap, but he's still small. And then you have Bain who is a great shooter, but he's still kind of small. I feel like if Jaron Jackson goes to the next level, it's like, okay, now we have all the depth at all three levels a little bit covered. So I feel like, the, and like, can he stay on the freaking court? He was not good in Team USA. I know Tyler, if you're listening, you were a big critic of 
kind of him getting, you know, Kerr getting a lot of the blame. Uh, I've never seen Tyler somebody defend Steve Kerr so much. He, he's a big, I, I'm a big Steve Kerr fan too, but not to Tyler's level. I will just, say that. Not to, not to Tyler's level. Tyler has it even on me. I will say that uh, when it comes to Steven. Steven Kerr, I think it's also because Tyler's favorite college basketball team is there. Arizona. They're Wildcats. So I think that plays a little bit of a factor. He's, he's already calling for Arizona Wildcats upsets that are he's, – he's on the ball, man. He's always on the ball, but – Woo, that guy is all about his teams, no matter he, what. No doubt. He does love him. He's like my guy Brian with the Niners there. I'm talking yeah. about um, Who you got one player who must take a leap here in 2020? You got one that maybe you feel like um, should take a leap, and then I'll give you what the GMs had for their for their poll. Is – I mean, we've mentioned him a couple times now. Is Anthony Edwards too, too obvious? No. Because Minnesota's got to – he's got to be all they world for Minnesota. They haven't won a playoff round right with him. That's why, but they, they he's got to be all world for them to make the playoffs again. Um, another player, in my opinion, that's take they have Towns, who was the number one pick, and they have Gobert, who they traded for. I don't. They should. They should make the playoffs, right? Okay, make the playoffs and compete in the playoffs. He's got to be all world. All right, there we go. I, I mean, they they weren't terrible against the Nuggets, but at the same time, that's not really accomplishing anything. Um, one more player that's got to be really good all year. Take a leap. Um, Paulo Bancaro. I think the Magic have good players around him. I think he needs to take another step um, to maybe get them into like a a play-in situation this season. So I'll say Paulo Bancaro needs to take take that second-year leap. Uh, I think he has all the tools, but I'll say Paulo Bancaro. That's a good call on that. I think he'll. I think he's going to take a, a big leap as well on that one. I think. I think Van Caro. I, I'm with you. I think he is an absolute stud, Tyler Cam Reddish. He's been on he Cam Reddish for like he five years. Look out for the Lakers if he can <laughs> take the leap. <laughs> Tyler, I got to give you credit. You've been on Cam Reddish forever. That's good. That was like me with Pat Garrity. I was like, come on, Pat was killing it in two K. Pat Garrity. Hey, he played meaningful minutes for the Magic. All right, well, good. Doug, thank you for that. I like that. All right, then I'll go. I'll go David Noel for Tyler on that one. He knows, that's an inside joke with us. If you know David Noel, you know your you know your North Carolina basketball. Yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, I got that I one. Joe, I was a Joe Forte guy. Yeah, Joe Forte. All right, I respect that as well. You know, there, David Noel is back to two K for a little bit. Uh, yeah. I just I could dominate with David Noel. It was unbelievable. And he played one. I looked it up. He played one year in the NBA with Milwaukee. So whatever that year was, two thousand seven. I dominated with him in that. Um, you go, I go with another second player. Uh, yeah, that's really Mathurin. He's a big Mathurin guy. I know that as well. We'll take a big leap. Who uh, Our guy from three, the Hardaway, I hope to have them on the podcast at this, yes. uh, some point this year. My guy Savage as well. My guy's um, over there, uh, Tuke, and uh, uh, doing the, they kill it over there at three, the Hardaway as well. And my guy Sheedy there too. I uh, hope they can come on as well at some point this year to talk a little NBA uh, they got they're big fans of this guy taking a leap too this year. So uh, as I listened to their show, I think he I think he got off to a great start and then kind of died out yeah. towards the end of the year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him as he kind of enters that next part of his uh, as the season there. So that's a good call, Cam Reddish. I respect that Tyler with the with the uh, go there. With the Kaminga, I throw it out there again. Take a leap, my friend. Take a leap, please. Take a leap. That's the guy. He's got a lot of talent. I just how about, I don't. How about, your, how about your guy Garland? Is can he take another leap or is he stuck? Is he is he where is he is is he where he is? And Mobley, Mobley's another guy for me. I had him Mobley. written down too. Mobley, 
I mentioned me and Tyler love this guy, but we watch him play live with the Warriors, and we're like, we're like with you, Doug. We're like, I thought this guy was better offensively. Like he's a great defender, but I do worry about him a little bit offensively. He's definitely not KG like people thought he could be. That's the yeah. Point. I mean, he's got a lot of upside, but if without a jump shot, without an, without a go to move, it's very limited, and it and it showed a lot against uh, New York in the playoffs. Yeah, he's a guy that definitely needs to take a leap. I just didn't want to name a bunch of Cavaliers, but yeah, for sure. Well, I'm gonna help he's you out because I do think about them too with you. And then I think Sexton and Garland's is such a weird, you know, I mean, like or not Sexton, Garland is the Sexton's on the uh, Jazz, but Garland. Um, I feel like he's kind of one of those guys for you guys and for the league where it's like everybody like I love this, you know, like let's see if he kind of kind of like makes yeah. that next move a little bit here. So that's the thing with the Cavs. I think that's why the teams had the you know like you had them as one of like the tough teams to predict is like, mm-hmm. do they take a leap or do they kind of like stay at the level field here? And uh, so that's a good call. I'm definitely worried about this season. All right. This is a fun one for me. It's one of my last ones there. I got for us crunch time here. What change in season tournament rest rules, something new CBA, etc., might require the biggest adjust adjustment to the whole league. Is there one, do you think like that kind of like, they're kind of like, well, this is going to be a big change for everybody. Um, is there is there one that you kind of see maybe kind of stood out a little bit as I uh, as I kind of get the results here from the GM going here on the ticker here below? Um, is there one like kind of rule that you think maybe will make the bit different? There's a couple changes here that are a little different. So uh, is there one maybe that you kind of see being uh, a little bit more than the other? I think it's, it's number two on the list here, tax apron restrictions, getting into that yeah. big money. Is going to be difficult for teams. There's not going to be as much uh, flexibility going forward. Um, can I add? Here's a here's just a basketball quote. Do you care about the end season tournament? Does it do anything for you? Because I don't <laughs> care. I just I why now, I, I would have cared. I would have cared twenty years. I honestly, I would have cared twenty years ago when the Warriors sucked. Like when they didn't make the playoffs oh, for yeah. like sixteen years, I probably would have cared. Like honestly, because I was in like most of my young. Like that's when I would have cared. Now I don't care. I'll be real. I'll be real. It's like, like I'm not a huge, we're not soccer yet in America. So like winning the FIFA, you know, like winning these little like cups, I don't, yeah, it's, it's going to be a weird transition for us. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're, that's not how we work as American fans. We're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Do we win the championship? Not yeah, it, win the season and I feel like that's an international thing to me. Like that, that's what I feel like. So maybe we get used to it, but for us, Doug, I don't think it will ever matter. I don't. I, it just doesn't do anything for me. No, maybe for my kids when they're older, it will. Maybe, maybe. Um, okay, it's so matter for, will it matter for Hornets fans? <laughs> Lamelo Ball in the championship of the in-season tournament is just going oh, crazy. The <laughs> that's the best. That's the best the Hornets crowd. Brand is out there. They did it. The best Hornets <laughs> crowd ever they get is in the in-season tournament. They're just rocking. You see Lavar out there. They're like they're like ten and like thirty, but they won the big tournament games. And they're like they're like they're just out there like like it. It would kind of remind me of that movie with Will Ferrell, that guy when they're dancing. They go to the club. They're so dorky. Oh, Night at the Rock. Yeah, it's like we're twelve and thirty, but it's like they're like rocking like they won the championship out there. I don't know. Maybe that's what it comes down to. But it just feels too soccerish for me. Okay, so what change do you think was is the biggest? I, I'm curious to see. I, I, we talked about the rest rules. I'm just curious to see what happens with that. Like, do how like do teams continue to manipulate that with like we said, like playing 11 minutes when they really don't need to play? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just curious 
to see yeah. what the manipulation of rules are. Because that's why we have rules is because teams manipulate them. So it's like, you know, what's going to be the next form of us like doing that? <laughs> I do like the floppy one a little bit. Like, I do think that the floppy text, like, it'll be, again, though, will the rest have the balls to call it when it like actually matters at yeah. the end of the game? Kind of like we, we talked about with baseball at the beginning of the year with them, like, calling like infractions or something like that, like with like, the time pitch clock. I hope they do it more. Like when they first come up the flopping stuff, they did it a lot and I liked it. So that yeah. that's kind of one I'm a, uh, kind of a, that's a good one to see a little bit with that's it too. That's a good one for sure. Uh, the extra coaches challenge, they voted on that one. Uh, I, 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 less challenges are fine with me. I got not a big challenge guy in the NBA. It yeah. just slows it up more. Yeah, let's get a little more human air in the game. I mean, like, I don't need, like, the K- KD 12 feet out of bounds against the Rockets airs. Like, those should be reviewed in the final. Like, do you remember that one from, like, six standing out of bounds? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, like, some of them are just like, my gosh, like, these need to be reviewed. Like, the Rams, but, you know, the, you have Rams Saints. Like, all right, that's a, that's a PI. Sense. We need to – somebody called out. We need that reviewed. But I just, like – and then the one for me that NBA is the last two minutes. It always just takes way too long. Like, it just oh, it really should sure. not take that long in the NBA. And some of the reviews are in, they're just asinine. And and if you and like I, okay, I'm on a little rant here, so I'm gonna say it okay. for a second. The biggest one to me and is it's soft technicals. Like I like Doug, like I, I coach back, like I I I love playing it. Like I love talk I'm I love talking crap. I love the mm-hmm. these are NBA play, these are professional they're, players. I want they're professionals. I want my product to be intense. Yeah. I don't want these guys exchanging jury jerseys all the time after the game. Right. I want some hatred there between it. I feel like the league does not do a good job of promoting that part of it. For me, not anyways. That for me, I just I don't like that part of it. I hate the soft double technical. Yes. Nothing pisses me off more. Where it's like, what, 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 what? And then it's like double T. It's like, come on, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like, that's, like that, that, that's my biggest complaint in NBA. I Holy think that's a great complaint. I I uh, actually I'm I double down on that because that is a fantastic complaint. The game is very, very soft. It really is. Like there were some in the playoffs. Like, I'm just like, really, we're calling these technicals now. Like we're going to change the game because of these now. Like we're getting guys ejected because I mean, Draymond steps on a guy's chest barely and we're ejecting. guys. Oh, barely. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. The, the game's, the game's so soft. That when a guy actually deserves it, ah, no, no. Well, that, I think at the moment, if I go live there, I probably said it should be a T. I mean, because I wasn't a big fan of Sabonis, like going soccer on beyond that one after. Yeah, no, oh! I, I do agree. I wasn't yeah, a it big was, fan. However, it was a lot, uh, but it, it, that that's a big one for me. Come playoffs, give the guys way more leeway. For sure. I, let them talk. Know. Let them talk their crap. It's basketball. That's why I love the game. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's why we're doing a show. Like let them yeah. let them have some emotion in the game. I'm with you 100. Like the game definitely needs needs it needs the emotion. It definitely does. Um, all right, so I feel like we're on the hour mark here. First episode of Double Double Pod. I feel like we hit on a lot of things. Next week, like we said, we'll get into a little bit more. Probably a little bit more kind of like where we see certain teams finishing and stuff like that. A little bit of prediction, and obviously we'll have some more preseason games to look under. And unfortunately, we'll probably have some injuries. We've got, we'll probably have to go over two before the season starts. I do got a comment. I appreciate my guy, Tyler, even your son for commenting. We got to appreciate him for it. Wild and card. then uh, go to bed. You got to go to bed. You yeah. got to be up too late now. Go to bed. Your dad is wild. And then uh, 
But Tyler, appreciate you checking in. I'm hoping, I'm hoping Tyler can come on with us once in a while just to give his perspective on a few things. Um, and like I said, we'll have some guys on, we'll have some guests on during the year as well, doing some three hardaway stuff. <laughs> Good. You listened to it. That's what I said right there. Yeah, right. He just got up, he just got up and went. How old, how old is your son, by the way? He's he's nine, but we're up, we're just up late. Hey, it's, my the son, week, it's the weekend, he's on fall break. So I got a 10-year-old upright. I got a 10-year-old. We have a that we have a, his friends over for a sleepover, and I get to hear them banging out in the room over here oh. next week. And I got a, and I got a I got a seven-year-old. So it's all right. It's weekend. You don't have to go to bed. So I, yeah. hey, except for my son, my son has three hours on you, buddy. That's the only difference. He's got there three hours go. on you a little bit. So he'll probably be up a little longer than you will from that <laughs> standpoint. Uh, but Doug, Tyler, appreciate you ch- uh, tuning in well with your comments, man. Appreciate you checking in uh, on the show. Go check out Tyler's TMB podcast. He does a good job with the Niners uh, show over there. And the Niners are doing quite well. So he has a lot to talk about. They play your Browns this weekend as well. So I'm assuming you're. And who they have? PJ Walker at quarterback. So I expect maybe you guys to get six points in this game. So <laughs> because Tyler's been so active tonight, Tyler, if Brock Purdy has a good game, you don't have to tell us that he's the best starting quarterback in the league. It's okay. We know he's going to have a good game. We don't have to do it. We don't have to do it. So you're telling me that I'm talking to Gridiron. We should talk very little about this game, probably. Yeah, there's not there's not gonna be much to talk about. So you guys PJ Walker pulls off the upset of the year. My gosh. If that happens, then sure. If that happens, <laughs> actually, can I come on? Because I will rub it in Jimmy's face so hard. You should I, if that you should if that's the case. We gotta get you on to do that little Bengals uh Browns uh rivalry as well. I look forward to our player rivalries that we've been talking about during the because yes. we had a few that uh, we got we talked about a few that this, during the year that like or what we were posting somewhere. I was like, oh, well, I think we disagreed on like seventy percent of them. So mm-hmm. there we should we definitely got to bring those up as we yeah, kind of get sure. into the year. I think one, I think we do want a show. I think we should do one a show. That might be a good question of the week here, but brought to you by Row One Row One mm-hmm. Brand as well. Got to remind my own fan, fan base. That's what uh, he's telling Brock Purdy there. There was a lot of Brock haters at the beginning of the year. I will give him that. Just like I'm one of the Paul haters on the Warriors to start the year. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler's in love with them. He loves him, loves himself some Christopher Paul. I still was a big fan of Poole. I did not necessarily love it. I know I'm one of the rares here, so we'll see what happens there with it moving forward. See if the Warriors prove me wrong this season uh, here on the Double Double podcast with Doug and Darren here, like I said, no double D's, just double double. double. That's where we're gonna go there. Maybe we'll get uh, no comment. It's late, but I'm gonna make a no comment there. Um, on this on my next segment. But uh Doug, any last thoughts here? I look forward to doing it more with you as we kind of progress hey. here into the NBA season. Obviously, when games start going, it'll be a little bit different. Yeah, we'll definitely um we'll adjust when the games really get going. Looking forward to next week. Um happy to be on here with you. I mean, we did a we did a just over an hour. I mean, felt good so. Looking forward to keeping going, man. Ready for the NBA season for sure. And it will be here in no time getting starting earlier and earlier. First game here in about about a week and a half. So right. uh so we'll be uh we'll be checking out we got Lakers and Nuggets there in the first one there, the rivalry there with Michael Malone that you were we'll talking see, about uh, there with it. So we'll see how you know, Mike Malone plays yeah. in the game. And will Durant play in at Golden State for the first time? He hasn't still played at Golden State since he left the Warriors. So it's hilarious to me that it's just had it's kind of one of those weird fun facts that he just has not got either hurt or it's COVID or whatever, has not played a game back in the Bay Area since he has uh since he got hurt, uh since he's left the Warriors. So it'll be funny if he actually uh it plays here at opening night. So yeah. 
That's something to look forward to as well. For Doug, check them out on Saturday Showdown as well. I'm Darren Breyer over at Fat Boy Fadeaway for the Double Double Podcast, Episode 1 here on Variety Sports Network. We'll see you next week, folks. Peace. See ya. Hey, this is Brandon, CEO of the Variety Sports Network. Thank you again for watching tonight's show. Best way you can support us is by hitting that subscribe button, that like button, and hitting the notification so you don't miss out on the next show right here on the Variety Sports Network.